Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio and our first listener appreciation special from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, uh, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. And I want to thank uh, listeners for all the financial support, as well as other support they've uh, given over the years. I appreciate everyone who nominated this program and voted it uh, for it in the podcast awards, uh, which uh, made us a finalist for the podcast awards on the great detectives of old time radio for the first time in our history. Thank you for all your support in that as well as the financial support of the program. Now, this typically marks the start of our listener support campaign, uh, and there'll be a little something. We're going to talk about that after tomorrow's show, how this will be different. But for now, we're just going to get into today's uh, special. It's something you may have heard referenced on Richard Diamond, maybe once or twice. I hope I didn't imagine it. It's something called Mrs. Mike, and we've got the Lux Radio Theater version of it. Now, this is a bit of a break from our normal detective tradition, though I will say our main character is a Mountie. And more to the point, it's an extra Sunday show, so I hope you'll enjoy it. And you finally get to hear a little bit of what Dick Powell was talking about. There are some rough spots in the recording, so bear with us. But uh, now from April the 24th of 1950, here is the Lux Radio Theater presentation of Mrs. Mike. Open up. My uncle isn't home. He's... 
Hello? Smell it. Oh, like a brewery. I think he was trying to be one. Well, why have you brought him here? Don't you want him? I certainly do not. Now, thank you. Get him out of here right now. I don't think your uncle would like that. Where is he? He's out looking for Mr. Hawkins, the cook. Well, this just happens to be Mr. Hawkins, yeah, well, the cook. Oh. You haven't been here very long, have you? No. I just arrived today from Boston. That's in Massachusetts. Thank you. And your name is Captain Mary O'Fallon. Your uncle told me he was expecting you. I'm Sergeant Mike Flanagan. Shut up, Danny. Shut up, will you? Miss O'Fallon, do you happen to have any coffee ready? Right here on the stove. I'm afraid Danny's in no condition to get supper tonight. Can you cook? Of course I can cook. You made this coffee? What's wrong with it? Oh, nothing at all, Miss O'Fallon. Only now I know why they prefer tea in Boston. I think maybe sleep is what Danny really needs. I'll give you a hand as soon as I get him in bed. No, you will. On second thought, don't touch a thing, Miss O'Fallon. I'll fix it myself. Sorry, I missed you last night, Michael. When he tells me he'll fix that good dinner I had. Oh, I guess I helped a little. The cook all right? <laughs> Full of remorse and bacon soda. Kind of uh, early for you to be around, isn't it? Oh, no, no. I just thought I'd say hello to Miss O'Fallon. That is, if she'll speak to me. Well, now, the last I saw was she was getting one of the hands out of the horse. Can she ride? Well, there she goes across the pasture. Oh, no. What's she doing to that horse? What's that horse doing to her? Uh, be a good lad, Mike. Prevent a calamity. Uh, Kathy! Slow down, girl! Slow down! John had asked me to prevent a calamity. I suppose I did, as far as Kathy's riding was concerned. In a few weeks, she became quite an expert rider. But then another kind of calamity threatened. I began to fall in love with her. I struggled against it as best I could, but I was doomed from the start. So, uh, so you like being a mounted police, do you? You like bossing people around. Oh, we don't do much bossing, Kathy. It's a good life. But all those rules and regulations. What's wrong with rules and regulations? Well, I happened to hear a certain person say the other day that a Mountie had to be a member of the force for five years before he could get married. Well? Oh, that's so silly. Well, there's a reason for it. After five years, a Mountie knows what kind of life he's asking a woman to share. Well, I think that's terribly unsafe. Um, uh, how long have you been in the force, Mike? Oh, uh... About six and a half years. Oh, that long? Well, I guess the man who wrote those regulations really do know best. Mm. I hope so. What did you mean before the, uh, the kind of life? Well, uh, some of our posts up north, they're, uh, well, they're, they're, they're pretty remote. Oh. And they do have snow where you're going, don't they? Oh, we have snow, yes. It's probably just like Boston in the winter. Well, no, no, Kathy. No, not quite. I, I've lived in places where my closest neighbor was two weeks away by dog team. The trouble with Boston is that it's so crowded. People all jammed together. The North Country is rough, sometimes dangerous. Well, do you know how many people were killed in Boston last year by the towers? It uh, gets better cold up north. I've seen the thermometer drop to 60 degrees below zero. Do you know something, Mike? I never catch cold in the winter. Hmm. 
Really? Never. Sometimes a Marty goes on patrol for weeks and weeks. Ah, oh, if you really love a person, you're never alone. Kathy. Kathy, I... Oh, yes, I... I, uh... Uh... Well, if we're going to get to that dance, I'd better take you back to your Uncle John. Yes, Mike. Hmm. Uh, don't make, don't. Uh, so, uh, you're uh, taking her to a dance, are you now? Well, I thought a barn dance would be something new for her. It's getting cold out, Mike. Mighty cold. I guess you'll be heading for the territory any time now? That's right. Oh, it's a tough life, Mike. Tough life. I like it. Well, it may be all right for a man, but I never could see how anyone could take a woman up there. John, all I'm doing is taking Kathy to a dance at McGregor's place. Especially a woman who's reared in the city. Why, she wouldn't There's even know There's no I... snow at McGregor's, and it's only ten miles south, not north. Oh, you're not favoring on asking Kathy to do? Not this man, John. Much as I'd like to. <laughs> well, now, let me go hitch up the buckboard for you. Uh, Kathy! That policeman's here. Mike. Yes? Back at the house when you and Uncle John were talking. Oh, just how much did you hear? Not enough, I'm afraid. That's good. What did you mean, as much as you'd like to? I, uh, I didn't mean a thing. Oh. Well, don't you think it depends on a woman? Well, don't you? Well, if you've done a good job of eavesdropping... You'd have heard me tell your uncle that I wasn't taking any woman farther than McGregor's ranch. As far as you're going? That's as far as I go. Oh. And why can't we go there a little faster? Come on, boy. Get out there. Yep, yep. Good night to everyone. Oh, I'm sure I did. I had no idea there were so many nice young men in this neighborhood. Oh, no, no, we'd better hurry. It's going to rain. It was the nicest dance I've ever been to. I'm glad you liked it. Didn't you have a nice time? We have a very strange custom up here, Kathy. A man usually gets to dance with the girl he brings. Why, well, Sergeant Mike, did you really want to dance? Only because it's the custom. What's the custom up here when it starts to rain? Hmm? Oh. Here, you better get under the sweater. <laughs> Did I say something funny? Oh, my. Hmm? Oh. <laughs> Why, Uncle John? Isn't it a little late for you to be up? Late? Why, it's only about 2.30 in the morning. Where's my... Oh, he's seen to the horse. Well, he's better stay in the bunkhouse. It's a bad night. Oh, no, Uncle John. It's a beautiful night. Well, look at you. You're drenched. I am. I hadn't noticed. I'll fix a nice warm foot bath for you. You're getting feverish. Uncle John. Yes? Have you ever noticed his eyes? Whose eyes? Mike. Mike? Oh, what's the matter with him? He's so blue, you could almost swim in it. I thought I'd told you to get him some dry clothes. I was just saying good night to my uncle. Any objection? Yes. You can say good night in the morning. Yes, Mike. Of course. Whatever you say. Hey, yeah, have fun.
One of the diners? No, this is all right. You uh, better stay in the bunkhouse tonight. Thanks. Well, come in the kitchen and help me fix your foot fire. It uh, snowed today in Edmonton. Huh? Who told you? Hanson came down to pick up his wife. He's taking her back with him. Poor girl. That's no place for a woman. That depends on the woman. John, how's the kettle, Mike? Full? Hmm? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's full and hot. Well, I, I break up the fire a bit. Oh, John, John, you're making it awfully hard for me to say what I want to say. Well, which is what, Mike? Which is what? That if Kathy cares in the for me, she'll want to come with me. Thanks. You put me in a devil of a fix, you know that. Yes, yes, I know. I also know that I love her. Oh, do you, Mike? Do you? I thought you were going to bed. Kathy, in your bed slippers. Shame on you, girl. Go to bed. I will not. Besides, I just hold up Well, that's easily fixed. It'll save your uncle from carrying your bath up the stairs. No, 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 no Mike. Put her down. You bet I will. Oh, it's too hot, my feet. It's good for you. Uncle John, make him stop. Mike, I think this is going too far. It has indeed. And now's the time to get it settled. You be quiet. John, I'm asking your permission to speak to Kathy. Well, me boys, as I said to you before, I love her. I want her to be my wife. Do you, Mike? Do you? I'm speaking to your uncle. Well, John? Well, now, there's no man I'd rather see her than you, Mike, but I... Well, it seems to me that someone else's permission comes first. Have I nothing to say about this? Kathy, your uncle is too good a friend of mine for... Well, what about me? I hope you think as much of me as you do of my uncle. Well, of course I do. Well, then, just you... God bless you. Thank you. If you love me, you just tell me. I'm the one to say it to. Kathy, I love you. I always have, and I think you know it. And if you want to marry me, you just ask me. All right. Will you marry me? I'll think it over. <laughs> Maybe I will, and... Maybe I won't. What do you mean, maybe you won't? And now, if you'll both excuse me, I'm trying to take a foot bath. When Kathy said yes to me, she also said yes to a distant land, cold and danger, to discomfort and loneliness. The day after we were married, we took the train to Edmonton. After that, we had almost 400 miles by dog team. And Kathy found that it was not just like Boston in the winter. This was a snow country. A vast, white, frightening wilderness. I have a feeling that we're the only two people in the whole world. Oh, it's a nice feeling, isn't it, Kathy? Yes. How far did we travel today? Oh, we did very well today. At least 27 miles. Only 27 miles? Mm, if we keep that up, we'll be there in two weeks. Two weeks? Only a wolf. Only a wolf? <laughs> Don't be so scared. You've got the dogs, the fire, and me to protect you. Yes. What more could a girl ask? We kept going each day as long as the waning light was permitted. Kathy no longer calculated day and night. Time and space became meaningless. Each day was like the last, cold and bad. But I had a surprise for Kathy. There was a prospector I knew who had a cabin just east of the Well, if this ain't some surprise. And look, Mars, Sergeant Mike's gone out and got himself a wife. <laughs> That's right, Mrs. Howard. I had her imported from Boston, USA. Boston. My, my, let me look at you. 
Mighty pretty. Of course, you can't tell much if they're all bundled up like that. Oh, you just come along with me, dear. You must be bored out and half frozen. All in a dog that no joke for a girl from Boston. This will be yours in Sergeant Mike's room. Oh, thank you, Mrs. Howard. It's very nice. Just got married, huh? Three weeks already. Three weeks. All right, you boys, go outside and take care of the dog. You, uh... You have two fine boys, Mrs. Howard. Oh, try not to mind them. They ain't dumb. Well, the first since they were old enough to remember. Well, there's water in the picture, and here's the towel. I'll be right back. Yes, sir, Sergeant, my feet. You're a certain thing. Everything all right, dear? Oh, I said the water's freezing, Cody. Well, that's good for your circulation. Oh, it's such a comfort to be married to a man who can explain the way to cope. A man who could keep me warm would be too much. Oh, no. What's the matter? This towel. Am I that dirty? Oh, no, no, darling. The towel had a head start before you ever got near it. But they ever wash? Well, sure they wash. But doing the laundry isn't easy up here in the wintertime. I'll tell you a little secret. I've never heard of anyone suffering from using a dirty towel. But I know a lot of people who got mighty sick from walking around with wet necks. Oh, Mike, you can wash up in the kitchen. I want a little time with your wife, too. She's all yours, Mrs. Howard. Oh, I can't tell you how glad I am to have you and Sergeant Mike with us, even just for overnight. I guess it does get kind of lonesome here. Well, there's certainly enough to keep a body busy. Of course, in the summer when Henry goes off prospecting for gold, I get a hankering for conversation, even with Henry. Has he ever found any gold? No, but he was mighty close nine years ago, and again four years ago we thought we'd hit it. Oh, we will someday. Oh, I hope so. And when we do, we'll go to Edmonton and we'll buy so many. My, what a lovely dress. Thank you. Oh, it's, it's just beautiful. Would you like to wear it? Oh, I... Oh, no, Mrs. Mike. But thank you. You wear it. Let's both get dressed up tonight. I'll wear my best, too. We'll make it a real party. Oh, yes, Mrs. Howard. If you'd like. I guess that's what it was for Howard, a real party. Even Mr. Howard got all dressed up. No tie, of course, but he did put on the collar. And the boys combed their hair and sat the table. Now, visitors, we got tea and prunes. Oh, up here, we call them lumberjack strawberries. Why, <laughs> <laughs> right. I just love prunes. I was hoping we'd have a real dessert. Maybe candy. Now, you know the candy's all gone, Henry. You know... I get the most terrible craving for candy. Like some men have for liquor, only with me it's candy. I tell you, it's terrible. I can tell you how terrible it is, Kathy. My china plates went long ago, and the first chance I had to buy a new set, he took the money and spent it on candy. Imagine that, a grown man squandering money on candy. Well, it's the most terrible craving I got. It's just terrible. But I saved one china cup. One cup that didn't get broken all these years. Here. It's for you, dear. 
Well, now, I didn't know you had one of them left. Well, I'd keep it here. That's why I still got it. Otherwise, Kathy. I broke it. I broke your cup. But it doesn't matter. It's just... Oh, no, no, I... I broke it. It sure busted, all right. But we never used the cup. We... We won't miss it, Bye. We're so used to ten times that we terribly, terribly sorry. But you mustn't be. I when Henry strikes gold, we will have all the cups we want. Excuse <laughs> me, please. Late that night, I heard Kathy sobbing quietly to herself. Kathy, what is it, darling? Oh, my. That cop. That poor woman. She knows you'll never strike gold. Her whole life is so. That what this country does to a woman? No, darling. Oh, don't let it happen to me. It won't, Kathy. It can't. The only thing this country can do to us is bring us closer together. I know. It's only a wolf. Then why did you put your arms around me? You see, the country's bringing us closer together already. Mike. Mike. And the curtain falls on the first act of Mrs. Mike, starring Gene Kelly and Dick Powell. Freedom is a very precious thing. The rights and privileges of free men have been established through documents that are universally recognized and honored. They've existed since the time of the Magna Carta with the British. They're shown in our own Declaration of Independence, our Constitution, and Bill of Rights. The French are equally proud of their Declaration of Rights of Man and the Citizen. All the members of the United Nations have expressed the same thoughts in the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. But merely putting these things down on paper and attaching signatures to them is not enough. Freedom of speech, worship, freedom to vote, freedom from fear. It's easy to agree that these things are desirable. But it takes strong, free men of vision to guard them and ensure that they shall continue to exist. Daniel Webster once said this. God grants liberty only to those who live it and are always ready to guard it and defend it. Remember, freedom is everybody's business. Have you made it yours? Mrs. Mike, starring Dick Powell as Mike, and Jean Tierney as Mrs. Mike. Our destination was a tiny pinpoint in the Northwest Territory called Henry Hope. Just a cluster of cabins, a trading post run by Jim Henderson, and a handful of people. 
Indians mostly, and half-breeds. But this was our first home, and Kathy was determined to make the best of it. Well, it's nice. It is nice. And this cabin's all ours, isn't it? Oh, it's a little bare at the moment, but with your talents for housekeeping, it'll look like a palace. Mike, this is for you. Mm. Uncle John. It's all right, Kathy. It's all right. Stop shaking. Uh, sit down, uh, Aunt Lou, and open your mouth. No, no, no. Oh, that tooth is really bad. It'll have to come out. You mean is the dentist here? Well, yes. He just arrived. Dr. Flanagan of the Amadeus Police. You? All I have to do now is find my medicine. Is it, is it very much, Mr. Adam? Mm. Oh. oh, it does, doesn't it? Maybe this will help. Okay, fine. Nearly good Irish whiskey. That's a big drink. Kathy, you'll have to help me. Just a minute, Miss Adam. But I don't know anything about calling a tooth. Well, now's a good time to learn. Get Uncle John's whiskey. It'll do the sterilizer for you. It's over there on the table. I... Well, what happened to it? Who's been drinking it? Oh, I didn't drink it, Mike. He did. He did? Well, he was in such pain, I thought... Do that... you realize what you've done? You can get six months in jail for giving liquor to an Indian. Well, I only thought... Oh, that never mind, never mind. It's too late now. I'll get around to you later. Now, all right. afternoon. Get it ready. Mike. You'll stand right here and read this medical book to me. Come on, Avenue. Open up. He can open his nose. Then hold his nose. Mike. Hold his nose. You have to open his mouth. Now, you see? All right. Now, start reading. Carefully insert forceps into the mouth. Uh-huh. Oh, they're in. What's next? And place the left knee between the patient's legs. Oh, I'm sure that isn't necessary. You better do what the book said, Mike. Uh, read that again. And place the left knee between the patient's legs. But, Kathy, I can't from here. That's impossible. But it's right here in black and white. And... Oh. Well? I skipped the page. The knee is for artificial respiration. Here. I had to work slowly, and every time I turned my back, Kathy poured another slug of Irish whiskey into Atenew. By the time the tooth came out, our patient was enjoying himself immensely. <laughs> good medicine! <laughs> Very good medicine! <laughs> Pull more tooth! Uncle John, you see what's happened to my wedding present. All right. All right, Atenew. Here. Here's your tooth. Ah, tooth of wisdom. The score. You take, take. What? Tooth fine love charm for score. Keep love always. Take. Better take it, dear. You may hurt his feelings. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mike, I think we're not. Pretty score. Thank you, Atenu. But plenty weak. And you're plenty drunk. I'm locking you up in the cell to sleep it off. Me good, India. Yeah, yeah, march, march. <laughs> Kathy kept her word and did make a real home for us. As the months went by, she became an expert cook. And while she never did learn how to make a good cup of coffee, I discovered I was really quite fond of tea. At least half my time was spent far from home out on patrol, but Kathy never complained. 
Mrs. Henderson, Jim's Indian wife, became her close friend and the trading post, the center of what little social life you knit as well as I do now. You very pleasant lady to teach me. You'll have that sweater finished in sunny town for your new baby. When do you expect your baby, Mrs. Henderson? Oh, when baby ready, him come. Do you have any fear of having a baby? Aren't you afraid? Afraid? Of baby? Oh, aren't you worried? Not having a doctor. But me not sick. I not need doctor. But you're going to have a baby. When Tommy was born, did you have any trouble? Oh, Tommy, good boy. Tommy, no trouble. You're so much wiser than so many people I know. Me, not wise. Just a woman. You'll find out sometime. No trouble, Miss Knight. I came home that day from patrol. I'd been a hundred miles or so to the east. And there I'd picked up some unpleasant news from an Indian trapper. Smallpox. They're a hundred miles away from here. I uh, can't take any chances, Kathy. I, I'll still have to vaccinate our Indians. And just what does that mean? Oh, sending Atmil to Chief Iron Eye. and I. He'll have to talk it over for a few days, and then, likely as not, he'll bring the chief in to talk to me. All right, Mike. I'll get the medical book. How to vaccinate an Indian in ten easy lessons. Come in. Chief Iron Eye here. Also brave. All right, Atten, we'll bring him in. Well, Kathy, it looks like we're going to have company. How nice. I'll open the window. Come in, come in, come in, Chief. Well, uh, when can we start the vaccination? I not want medicine. Oh, but vaccination is necessary. Much sickness than beaver tribe. White man medicine more worse than white man sickness. Oh, but this is smallpox. It kills and spreads like forest fire. White man medicine full of evil spirit. Uh, uh come here, Atnu. Now watch me, Chief. I'll vaccinate Atnu just to show you how harmless it is. No, no, no vaccinate. No, no. Am I going to have trouble with you two? Look, uh, uh, tell the Chief, uh, tell him... Well, tell him he doesn't have the courage of a squaw. Yeah, tell him that. By the way, Kathy, when were you vaccinated last? Well, I was vaccinated years ago. Then get ready for white man's medicine. Mike, do I have to? If the chief sees that you're not afraid. All right. Anything to get rid of. Now, now, chief, watch squaw. Just a little scratch from small needle. Now? Yes, and if it hurts, please remember this is no time to yell. See, Chief? Nothing to it. That all, Sergeant? That's all. All right, Abner, roll up your state. I know she good. You do score again. <laughs> then I make up mine. Well, what's another vaccination, more or less? Ready, Kathy? Careful, will you? That knife one hurt. Now, now get ready, Abner, and watch me this time. There you are. Step aside, Mrs. Flanagan. Next patient, please. Me no afraid. Me strong Indian. Me go first. Me chief of tribe. Well, that's more like it. Niwa Kayaroko. Uh, what's he saying, Atnu? Chief, I and I say, before you scratch arm... Oh, I know, I know. Watch squall again. Ah, mm-hmm. watch squall. Yeah. What's the population of these Indians? Oh, a couple of hundred. You know, if your arm holds out, we won't have a bit of trouble with the whole tribe. All the way from Boston. 
If you feel up to it, we can leave now. Travel all night. Oh, anything, Mike. Anything. Just to get out of here. By daylight, Kathy was half out of her mind. I remembered a cabin somewhere along the river. See would whoever lived there and go on alone. I knew I could get to the doctor. Get the doctor to her more quickly than I could get Kathy to the doctor. I found the cabin. A woman was there. What do you want? What's wrong? My uh, my wife's going to have a baby. I, I'd like to leave her here while I go on to Fort Minute for the doctor. Doctor? For that? She can stay. Thank you. Thank you. Kathy. Kathy, listen. You'll be all right, Billy. I'll reach Fort Minute tonight and be back in the morning. Oh, hurry. Please. I will. I will, dear, as fast as I can. Thanks, Mrs. Maybe. If you don't get back in time, it won't be the first baby I've delivered. I don't mean to be any trouble to you. I'm just so frightened. Getting frightened don't help. If you're going to lose the baby, you'll lose the baby. I don't want to lose my baby. Nobody does. If it's a strong baby, it'll live. If it's weak, it'll die. They say I'm crazy, that I do strange things. But I know, I know it's better that way. A weak baby, you cuddle it along for a while. Maybe keep it alive. First thing that comes along, it's gone. Piece of your heart's gone with it. You'd have been better off if a baby came dead. No! No! Oh, please leave me alone. Please! I'm only trying to help you. Please leave me alone. Leave me alone! With this song. He'll be here soon. He must. Looks like I gotta help you after all. No, please. No. Get away from me. Please. Oh, you want me to or not? I'm going to help. doctor at Fort Manette. He was miles away on another case. But I didn't return alone. I brought a woman with me from the village. Sarah Carpenter. Mike. Oh. It's all right, darling. I'm here. The baby. The baby. Oh, you have a fine, beautiful daughter, Mrs. Mike. Extra special coffee. Oh. Kathy, dear, this is wonderful, Sarah. Sure, Billy, look at that baby so easy. Easy. That, that woman, Mrs. Maisie. Darling, I... Oh, I... poor woman. Her mind, Mrs. Mike. Too much, she has lived alone here. I'll be grateful to you, Sarah, as long as I live. Oh, you put that baby alone, no help at all. I'm certainly glad I didn't. <laughs> Me, I am glad, too. Now I can think she's little bit mine. There's not very much baby to share. Look at you. Oh, well, Sergeant, when you have to have a fourth baby, you know how to hold one, huh? Third or fourth? Sure, you're going to have a dozen babies. No, Mrs. Knight? If you'll be with me, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. 
days later, Kathy, the baby, and I resumed the journey to Fort Manette. Oh, Mother. Do you suppose old mothers feel this way about it? What way about what? The baby. I just think she's so beautiful. Sure she is. She's the image of you. Oh, no. She looks like you. Look at her. Her eyes are so blue you could swim in them. <laughs> Do you think you could turn around without tipping this canoe? Oh, I'm quite comfortable. And besides, I don't mind looking at you. Hmm. Well, when you get tired looking at me, Fort Manette is right behind you. Fort Manette? Yes, darling. Oh, I hope you'll like it here. Fort Manette. I, I had a feeling we'll be here for a long, long time. And you're happy about it? Oh, I am. Very happy about it. Mrs. Mike as Jean Tierney and Dick Paul star in the Broadway Playhouse. It's very difficult sometimes to describe the word freedom. Sometimes we think of it as a thing removed from our own personal experience, like the freedom that a newspaper has to report the truth or the freedom that a public speaker has in saying anything that he believes. At other times, we bring it right down close to home. The right to go to any church we want to and to worship as we please. The right to live without fear of forced labor or concentration camps. The right to vote for our candidates of our own choice. All of those things enter into that one word, freedom. They're all a part of the basic rules that people who live in free countries consider important. They're important enough to work and fight to preserve. Throughout history, free men have been called upon to defend their freedom by their actions, by their votes, and sometimes by their force of arms. Remember, freedom is everybody's business. Have you made it yours? on Act Three of Mrs. Mike, starring Jean Tierney in the title role and Dick Powell as Mike. The people of Fort Mendette must have spent days preparing things for us. The walls of my cabin were scrubbed, fresh curtains on the windows, everything shiny. But nothing shone quite as brightly as Kathy's eyes. Oh, my you thank them. I just don't know what to say. Nobody say anything except us, your new friends. And we say to you, welcome. Oh, Sarah, it's so good to be with you again. And now, who you have not met, uh, Dr. McIntosh? I'm here now, Mrs. Flanagan. I'm sorry I couldn't have been with you when you needed me. Didn't miss you at all, Mac. We had a better doctor. Oh, Sarah knows her job all right. Have you named this little beauty yet? Her name is Mary Arun. Mary. 
you feel another thing? It is good for such a night. But will she learn, Georgia? She will. Good night. Good night. And in the months that followed, Kathy did learn to adjust to the North Country. Now, for the first time, I felt she fully accepted her life up here without reservation. And time went on. Suddenly, before I knew it, Mary Roone was two years old and fought the net already, 25. To celebrate the anniversary, I was going to make a speech. I'm sorry, darling. What were you saying? Well, can't you stop fixing supper long enough for me to rehearse my speech? Only if you want to make it on Go on. I'm listening. Oh, thank you, thank you. <clears throat> uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, here at Fort Manette, we are uh, struggling not against other men, but with other men. Not to control men, but to help control nature. We are struggling... Oh, well, I know someone who will stay in one place to listen to every word. You said it, honey. She should be ashamed of herself. Now, where was I? Oh, yes, yes, thanks, thanks. This, uh, this spirit enables us to endure the many hardships that so often come our way. And as I stand before this audience and look out among your wonderful faces, I see representative spirit. Representing our government and Royal Canadian Northwest Mounted Police, Sergeant Michael Flanagan. This, this is not the speech I had planned to make. I wish I didn't have to make this one. I arrived here late because Dr. McIntosh sent for me. We have just discovered a case of diphtheria here in Fort Manette. <laughs> We've all been in close contact, and the danger of the disease spreading is great. We will return to your homes immediately and have as little contact with your neighbor as possible. Now let's file out of here quickly, and in an orderly manner. Mary Arun. Oh, Mike. Do you think she'll be all right? She'll be fine. Let's not wake her. This What's going to happen? We'll know in a few days if this is just an isolated case or if we're really in trouble. Meanwhile, there are precautions. Lock the door. Don't let anyone in. No one. You can talk to people through the window. The main thing is to make no direct contact. You're not going out. Well, Dr. McIntosh, you'll need my help. But, Mike, you'll be exposing yourself. You can leave my things in the front porch. I'll stay at the post till this blows over. But the baby and I, we'll be here alone. It's the safest way, Kathy. Of course, it's only a few yards off. Mike, what if, what if I need you? If you to... need me, hang something white on the porch. I'll keep a close watch. Be careful, Mike. Oh, please be careful. Within a week, an epidemic was raging. The old mission school was converted into a hospital, and the doctor's small supply of serum became precious. I sent the fastest man I could find for an additional supply... But meanwhile, the white sheet became a common signal and death a familiar visitor. Kathy remained in the cabin with Mary Roon, but she was kept busy preparing the broth for the patient's permission. The broth is ready, Mike. Stay there. I'll bring it out on the porch. Daddy, Daddy, 
Enough left. From now on, the serum is only for children. Stay with her, Mike. Swab her throat with tannic acid and hope it'll do her some good. George had died late that afternoon. She might have had a chance if the serum had come. Mike, you'd better get some sleep. Oh, I'm all right, Doc. Oh, you cannot go without sleep forever. Sarah and I have been taking turns. How much serum left? None. It's all gone. From now on, every hour can mean another life. It'll get here, Doc. Maybe tonight, maybe by morning. Meantime, I'm telling you to get back to the post and get some sleep. In front of the post, I turned and looked at our cabin. Hanging from the porch was a white sheet. I rushed back to the mission for Doc McIntosh. He was with us until long after midnight. <laughs> Mary, my baby. My baby. We did what we could, Kathy. We did what we could. Oh, my mother so I know, Doc. Go back to the hospital. Don't come in here. It's me, Hussey. I got to Sarah, Mike. Here. The seal. Better come to the mission right away. It's all right, Mike. I'll have help. Sarah and the others. No, let him go. Go on to the mission, Mike. There's nothing you can do here anymore. My baby's dead. The epidemic stopped just as suddenly as it had started. Three days later, I moved my things back into the cabin. Oh, is that what you said? Be thankful it's over. It could have wiped us all out. Yes, it's over. A little cross on the side of the hill... Mary Arun Flanagan, beloved daughter, two years old. Don't torture yourself, darling. Life keeps going on. What kind of a life? A life that makes Mrs. Howard old before her time, that drives Mrs. Mathers crazy, a life that takes the arm of a young boy, that kills two dozen people because we're too far away to get serum in time. We've had our share of happiness. Life that snatches an innocent baby into her grave? If that's the kind of life that goes on, I don't want it. Please, Kathy, please. Oh, Mike, let's get out of here. Let's leave this awful country. Let's, let's go anywhere. Anywhere. Running away won't solve anything, Kathy. 
Besides, I can't leave. I, I have responsibilities here. Yes. Toward everyone but your own family. That's not true. Mike, I'm leaving. I'm going where human beings have a decent chance. And if you won't come with me, I'm going alone. Darling, darling, you're not yourself. I can't leave here now. I don't want you to leave either. We've had happiness here. We've had sorrow, too. I've made up my mind, Mike. I'm leaving. There's nothing for me to do but arrange for someone to take her south to Hendricks Hope. There, Jim Henderson will get her on the river. Everything is ready, Mrs. Mack. If you get into the canoe. Thanks, Louis. This is where you all came to meet me. And now we're saying goodbye. Goodbye, Mrs. Mike. Yes. <laughs> all right, dear. I will. Yeah. He feels the same way like his mama. But I know when I away. Yeah. Wonderful, Sarah. Kathy, as you well know, I'm, I'm not a man given to sentiment. But I want to say... I'm afraid I've forgotten what I wanted to say. God bless you, Kathy. Goodbye, Dr. McIntyre. Mike. Goodbye, darling. Try not to hate me, Mike. I love you, Kathy. If your world seems to have turned upside down, there's one thing you can count on. I'll always love you. I couldn't stay in the cabin. It was too large, or perhaps it was too small, too crowded with memories. At any rate, I moved into the post. But I was not to remain there for long. They sent another Marty to take over at Fort Manette. And I was transferred. It's a good post, Sergeant. I'm sure I'll like it here. Oh, it makes it fine all around, Corporal, because I, uh, I'm rather glad to be leaving. Your new post will look mighty small after this. Hendricks Hope? Oh, I've been stationed there before. Yes, I know. The folks back there were all excited about you coming back. Good luck, Sergeant. And so I went down the river... And with each stroke of the paddle, I tried to push all thoughts of Kathy behind me. But every mile of the long trip south brought me closer to the place where Kathy and I had begun life together. Thoughts ever clung to me, surrounded me, followed me. And then I was there, and Jim Henderson was pumping my hand. Mike! Mike, all right again. <laughs> How's your missus, Jim and Tommy? Oh, fine, fine. Tommy's a big boy now. Hello, Mrs. Henderson. Well, and who's that? That's our new baby girl. Oh, congratulations. How old is she? Six and a half months now. And her name is Kathy. You see? Oh, she's she's lovely, Mrs. Henderson. I uh well, I, I'm I'm a little tired, Jim. I, I'll run along now and see you folks later. Same cabin as before, Mike. All supplied and ready for you. Thanks, Jim. Much obliged. I knew that they'd have everything ready for me. But as, as I opened the cabin door, the smell of coffee almost knocked me down. It must have timed my arrival almost to the... You're my coffee. Kathy, Kathy. Oh, my. I've done so much running away. When Mrs. Henderson lost her baby, I made us leave here. That's all past, darling. But when I got here and I, and I saw her new baby... 
just a beautiful baby. And then I found out that you were being sent here. Suddenly I knew you were right. But no matter what, life does go on. Wherever you are, my life is with you. This is United States Armed Forces Radio Service, the voice of information and education. This is Andrew from otrwesterns.com. I wanted to invite you to come take a look at our site where we put out podcasts of old-time radio westerns. Check us out at otrwesterns.com. You're listening to The Great Detectives of Old-Time Radio with Adam Graham. Now let's get back into the show. Welcome back. I actually appreciated this episode more the second time listening to it. And it does a very uh, solid job of capturing what it was like for people living out on the frontier. Uh, Wherever that frontier might be in the United States or in Canada, there were some very hard places... uh, there and the story covered that really nicely. I will say that a, a nightmare is to have someone uh, performing dentistry on you uh, while having somebody else read to him out of a book. But I think the overall message of this movie is actually pretty uh, good and profound, particularly in the for the day in which we live. The big lesson of this uh, story can quickly come off as cliche in the wrong context. You know, somebody says, well, life goes on, and it comes off as incredibly insensitive. Here, though, that's not what it's about. If you were going to survive on the frontier, you had to move on. You had to realize that life does move on from here, and you had to have the courage and the resiliency to get back up. And as the movie showed, not everyone has that. And we question right up until the end whether Kate does either. And it does go back even to the courtship scenes where Mike was trying to warn her about the nature of the life out there. And he did, but she, I don't think, grasped the full uh, weight and meaning of uh, what it would mean to live out there. So overall, I think Dick Powell was right. This is, is a pretty good story, and I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll get back to our regular detective programs, and we'll talk about uh, what we're doing uh, different for listener support on uh, Monday. In the meantime, though, send your comments to uh, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.